Lane podcast. We're glad you're tuning in with us tonight, and hopefully we'll uh, give you some insight with the Word of God, and you can line that up with the things that's going on in the world. I believe a lot of times that's something that we fail to do is finding the practical applications of the Bible and applying them to what we're facing in our life and what we're dealing with. And what you'll find is if you'll take time to study the word, the Bible says study, you know, so, and it does, it talks about that numerous times in the New Testament of studying the word. When you study the word, pray and seek God's face, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation to you that will help you apply the word of God right. And you see, that's something we're going to talk about tonight is and the Bible even warns us of this, but there's, there's people coming in the end times, in the last days, that are going to be false teachers, false prophets, you know, teaching a, a form, I'm kind of paraphrasing some stuff here, but a form of godliness, but they're denying the power of. And I, I'm not really a, well, I am controversial on things. Uh, I was trying to be nice, but anyway. Um I don't really want to call people out, you know, and by this podcast, I know you've seen it at the beginning, we'll be talking about Andy Stanley, um, but I want to preface it by saying I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, berate or belittle him. What I'm wanting to do is let people see where he, I believe, according to Scripture, where he's gotten in error in what he's teaching and how if he don't correct it, it's going to cost him dearly. It may not cost him dearly here on earth, but it will when he stands before God in, you know, uh, in heaven. It's going to cost him then. And, you know, it's this teaching is not only going to hurt him, but there's thousands upon thousands of people that follow him and listen to every word that comes out of his mouth, and they're believing because he makes it sound acceptable that they now believe that is what the gospel is. That's why if you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet, everything that you say, people are watching, people are listening, and you're going to be held accountable. So be careful. Make sure when you're teaching God's word that you know, that you know that you know that this is what God's word says. And one of the biggest things I have found, uh, because I, I was able to watch the actual uh, video where Andy Stanley comes out um, about homosexuality, is he he tries to paint a gray area. And if you you know in the political realm and in our education system all across the world, especially in this nation. There used to be black and white. There was, you know, right and wrong. And there was there was no in-betweens. But now everything in our society has become this huge gray area. And we're beginning to see churches and preachers pull that gray area in. And they're trying to put it in the Word of God. But the Word of God is plain. There's no arguing the Word of God. It is what it is. And he don't change. He, he, there's no changing in God. And, you know, some of what he says in this, in his video 
Um, you know, I can see a point of what he's saying, but he's not addressing it the correct way. Uh, that's giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, you know, I believe because he is a minister, you know, I, I would give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm a minister. But at the same time, you know, Andy Stanley pastors North Point Church. He's outside of Atlanta in a, in a suburb called Alpharetta, Georgia. I'm not sure how many satellite churches and branch churches they have. Um, I think they kind of do the modeling concept like Stephen Furtick does. But uh, we were looking this up right before the podcast, and Josh was telling me they have about 38,000 people in attendance on a Sunday. Um that's a few more people than we have here on Sundays. Um, you know, but my, that's my point is there's 38,000 in, in attendance. That's not counting who's watching online and listening to him. That's that many people that are listening to the words coming out of his mouth. And what he's preaching here is incorrect and it will lead to sin. It will lead to damnation and it will lead to an eternity in hell. And that's why I wanted to take some time just to, to talk about this. Again, I'm not bashing Andy Stanley. I think we need to pray for him that God could send people in to help open his eyes, that the Holy Spirit could move on his heart to get him to see the error of his ways because, you know, uh, he's got a good following. And if he'd preached the truth, you know, it could change a lot of people's lives and, which that's something me and Josh are talking about. You know, he's got 38,000 in attendance. How many would he actually have? How many would some of these mega churches actually have if they really taught the truth of God's word? If they really got it where the rubber meets the road, you know, there's not many pastors that stand in the pulpits today and just flat out tell people, if you don't straighten up, you're going to hell. Um, because that's not nice. That's not pleasant, you know. Uh, we want to keep everything nice and sweet. And, you know, I don't think we have time for that. Yeah, maybe in the 80s and 90s, maybe we had time for that style preaching and in the early 2000s. But moving into where we are now, we do not have time to sugarcoat the Word of God, to to just patty cake people on the back and stroke their egos and make them feel good, hoping that that'll lead them to Christ. No, it's time to tell people, look, you can do X, Y, and Z, and that's your prerogative. That's your business, but that will lead you to hell. If you stay in that, you're going to hell, you know. And why we've taken the homosexuality, uh, why we've taken that away and tried to separate it from any other sin, uh, I, I don't understand that. You know, it, it really it blows my mind that that we're trying now in some churches and in some circles to justify homosexuality and say that it's not a sin, or even if it is a sin, um, you know, well, it, it's not that big a deal because Jesus loves us just like we are and he understands uh, what we're going through. And, you know, that's kind of where Andy Stanley goes with this. But um, in his sermon that he, he just preached, uh, it wasn't too, what, how long ago was that Josh, the conference he had? Yeah. I think it was just last weekend, last weekend. Yeah. You know, 
he says here, and these are quotes, so I'm not making this up. This is actually quotes from the video. But he says, a gay person who still attends or wants to attend a church after the way the church has treated the gay community, he said, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who want to worship with us. Now, at one point there, or, or part of that statement, I can actually agree with. How many people that are straight have left church over something trivial or stupid and never went back to church? But there are some people that are homosexuals that they know that what they're doing is wrong and they know people look different, but they still come to church. I, you know, hey, I, I, I kind of, I can kind of go with that. <laughs> My problem with this is, is when he's saying that they have more faith than he does. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, Andy, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you other than that is. You know, that's you. I mean, I don't know where your faith level is, and obviously it's not really high because faith is what helps you believe Scripture, and obviously you, you're not believing the own Bible that you profess to preach out of. So, you know, I, I can't really attest to what your level of faith is. I mean, it don't seem high. Mine leads me into a different direction, and, you know, I don't. there's nothing wrong with a homosexual coming to a church. But if they meet Jesus, they change. Uh, it, it's no different than an alcoholic coming to church and getting saved. They don't remain an alcoholic if they've been changed. You know, it's no different than uh, any other sin that we all deal with. You know, why people are trying to put homosexuality up on a pedestal, I don't understand that. You know, it, they're all sin, and they all lead to hell if you don't correct yourself. And there's like, well, you mean uh, if I'm drinking beers, you know, that I'm going to hell? I'm not. We're not getting into that subject. But if you're an alcoholic, then that spirit controls you, and not the Holy Spirit. So you're not. You probably be too drunk to hear the trumpet anyway, or too drunk to be raptured. I don't know. But we we can't we can't take sins and separate these things. That well. You know, we, we have to understand these people. And that was one of the things that Ann, uh, Andy Stanley said was in this new generation, I think he referred to the boomer generation and, and newer, that we have to present the gospel in a way that they'll understand it. Well, last time I checked, it didn't change. And when you start presenting the gospel in a way that accepts sin, then you have presented the gospel in a wrong way. You know, and the, the, the other thing about this is the Bible says, woe to him that causes the least of these to stumble because it would be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and cast into the sea. So a millstone uh, is about the, a rock about or a stone the size of a, a washing machine, refrigerator, uh, you know, a little free refrigerator freezer or something that way. Uh, if that's in your neck, you're going straight to the bottom. So Jesus gives, the Bible gives the warnings about false doctrine, but yet we, we think, well, no, we won't ever see that. That won't ever happen. 
but there's people also like Andy Stanley that are preaching these things. And yeah, when you look at their church, man, they got, they got great parking lot attendants. They got servers. They got, uh, you know, ushers. They got this awesome support staff. I mean, these churches run like a, they're flawless, you know, like a, a, a well-oiled clock. And um, they don't seem to have anything wrong, but the biggest problem they have wrong is they don't have the Spirit of God because they have the form of church. They look like God, but he's not there. He's not in this teaching. You know, and uh, one of the other, um, and I, this is something I really wanted to get to, is Andy Stanley said in this, in this uh, uh, class or conference that he was teaching, and I want you to listen to this and how, how stupid this is, idiotic, whatever you want to say. And Andy Stanley says, I know 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I know Leviticus. I know Romans 1, which are so interesting to talk about and all that stuff. And I know the verses. I know the clobber passages, right? We've got it figured out. So see, he talks about scriptures here and refers to them. He's like, I know these scriptures, and they're so interesting to talk about and all that stuff. So right there, he just passively went right past the meat of what those scriptures talk about as interesting stuff. Well, the Word of God is not stuff. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's the problem with all these. They got dim bulbs or they completely burn out and they don't know where they're going. So he's wrong there. And But then notice how he does this. He says, I know the clobber passages. In other words, the knockout passes, the, the, the knockout scriptures or punches, you know, because everybody quotes certain scriptures when it comes to these sins. You know, and here's what we, I want to do. Let's look at, since he, he knows these scriptures and he knows all that stuff. Um, let's look at these. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the whole chapter is great, but I, for time's sake, let's look at uh, verses 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revels, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now, let's just look at that, that passage right there. Why is it hateful and mean speech to tell somebody <laughs> that if you live unrighteous, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God? I would want to know that. I mean, would you, Josh? Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, if, if somebody, if you was doing something, living in sin, but you thought you was right, but according to the Bible, you was going to miss it, would you not want somebody to tell you you're going to hell? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, 
And I think most of you that are watching online, uh, y'all would think the same thing. You know, I would want somebody. But, you know, they try to pull the homosexuality, like I said earlier, out into its own uh, entity. But yet here in 1 Corinthians, he plainly says fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, all of these, he lumped them all together. All of these people, not just, oh, we're going to pull them out because, well, the new generation, that's just how they are. No, that's not how they are. This is what God's word says, and you can't change the word of God. There's no other way to interpret 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Some people, you may say, well, yeah, but I used to deal with that. Yeah, that's what he went on and said. He said, and such were some of you, meaning some of you have dealt with all of these issues. How many of y'all, Not just I'm not talking just homosexuality here, but how many of you have ever struggled with alcohol? How many of you struggled with, you know, uh, fornication or uh, idolatries? You know, some somebody watching y'all, you may have had an affair. You maybe made a mistake, but you asked God to forgive you. You see, when God forgives you, you get saved or rededicate your life. He says, but you then have been washed. You've been sanctified and been justified. So the sin has been forgiven. But what Andy Stanley and them is trying to say is, no, you just don't worry about it. Just come on and just live like you, you're in that homosexual relationship. And, uh, you know, it's going to be okay. Now, we go to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. Now, in another video, Andy Stanley talks about how, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm not quoting him on this, but he talks about how the Old Testament shouldn't even be uh, preached or talked about in modern day because we have the New Testament. Another foolish comment, you know, absolutely ridiculous. You know, all Scripture it's for, you know, for the believer, it's for edification, it's for correction, it, 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 it helps the body. That's what it's there for. I don't really think that God in his infinite wisdom uh, was sitting in heaven and said, you know, Jesus, we probably should have just done away with the Old Testament. I don't even really know why I had them print the Old Testament. It, it, it's not necessary. You see, but yet here Andy Stanley wants to think he's that intelligent and he's arrived that he knows that hey, you don't need the Old Testament. Well, obviously he's not read it and studied it, you know, and part of the problem with him saying that is because he's not man enough to answer people correctly because when you read the Old Testament, it, it's where the rubber meets the road. There's, there's some serious meat in that Old Testament portion of Scripture and, you know, he, he's just he's trying to skirt around the issues and and skirt around having to be man enough or pastor enough, you know, preacher enough uh, to answer these people head on and tell them that they're living in sin. Um, but Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, it said, thou shall not lie. Now, that means you shall not have sex. You cannot lay down with. I'm going to put it out there plain sexual relationships with mankind as a womankind, it is an abomination. I mean... Wish I had an explosion button there. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 
you know, I, 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 hey, I didn't go to seminary or hominary or any of them other places. I didn't get no theological degree. Uh, and I didn't go to a four-year college. I graduated high school, and I went straight to work. So, yeah, I may not have uh, all these degrees out to my name and be all this intelligence that a lot of people want, but that don't really need much deciphering. I don't need to pray about that scripture. I don't need the Holy Spirit to reveal any special. That scripture says what it says. Hey, let me read. Let me read the context of what abomination is, just for the viewing audience out yeah. there. Abomination, a noun, a thing that causes disgust or hatred. Yeah. Disgust or hatred. That's as explicit as the Bible gets. It, it, it bothers him. He didn't create man to man, woman to woman. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't create anything. like. And, and, and similarities, disgrace, Horror, obscenity, outrage, a curse. Let me a curse. We don't talk about these words. I know these are harsh words, but guess what? It is what it is. It's explicit as it can be. It's an abomination. Mm -hmm. God don't like it, and he has a. And even in here, it says it has a feeling of hatred. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't think a loving, merciful God would be hate would hate something. But that's the context in which that word is used. Mm -hmm. And that's it. He hates the sin. Yep. He acts, He hates sin. And that's the thing, you know, where we get this misconception from society. And then you've got these, these fools like Andy Stanley coming through and, and making it even worse. Because we disagree, because I, I love people enough. And that's what it all boils down to. They're trying to portray love as acceptance. God accepts you. And yes, he does accept you just like you are. You can be gay. You could be transgender. You could be an alcoholic. You can be a drug head. Uh, you could be addicted to porn. You can be a pedophile. You could be a murderer. You could be any of those things, and God will accept you just like you are, but he don't leave you that way. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and stay the same as you've always been and never change, I question how legitimate the legitimacy of your salvation. You know, he won't leave you that way. God loves us so much that he wants to, he created us in his image. Sin has caused us to fall, but he wants to change our lives, you know, so we have to look at those things. And then he, he brought up Romans, which the first chapter of Romans, you can read that whole chapter, and it's got some great insight on sin and those things. Because here's the deal. I'm not on here tonight just to, to blast homosexuals at all. Not, not one blast homo, about homosexuals. Jesus loves you. We love you. Absolutely. This can be used for any sin, but we're pointing out the the LBGTQ alphabet soup trend because that's where Andy Stanley is trying to say that it's okay to be that way and just come on to church. And, you know, Romans 1 here, we'll start and look at verses 24 through 32. It says that, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness. That means God took his hand off. 
he, he, he let go. And it says, he, he give them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the, right here's the key part, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in lust, their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which is due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind or reprobate mind, some translations say, to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evilness, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, I think that's pretty, see, they didn't just, Jesus here in the scripture, God didn't just pull out homosexuals and pick on them. They're with everybody else. Yep. They didn't separate them out. You know, why Why do we have to make this a homosexual issue or a transgender issue? It's a sin issue. So it, 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 I don't, it, it's not that oh, we're picking on gays. No, it, if you're an alcoholic, if you're a drug addict, if, if you're, you know, addicted to pornography, or if you're in an affair, any of these things, if you're a murderer, any of these things, that it's a sin issue. And when we get in the church, we've took homosexuality or we've took certain issues and tried to pull them aside and say, well, we're going to help you work through these things. And, you know, hey, it's okay to help people. But, you know, and, and, and one of the things with Andy Stanley is he, and this is another quote that he said, but he said, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. I believe in gay people. Some people are gay, and here's where, uh, he's so stupid. They can't change. I know I shouldn't let my experience dictate my theology, but I have, and maybe I'm wrong. Now, there's a couple things here that, that give me some concern. We need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches, absolutely not, 
because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. Well, okay, here's the deal. If you're gay, you're not banished from the church. You're welcome here, just like any other sinner is but you're not going to conduct yourself in a sinful manner in a holy sanctuary and I, me stand by and put up with it. You're going to reverence God. I mean, look, at the, look in the Old Testament about, uh, was it, Hophni and Phinehas. They were outside the temple and having sex with women and God killed them. Yep. Okay, they weren't having gay Gay sex, they was having sex with women, and he killed them for that. I, you're not going to disrespect the temple of God, you know, and that's the modern day, that's the church. But he said that, and then he said because that's as close as they can get to the New Testament framework of marriage. No, it's not as close as they can get, Andy. You get them saved, and you get them to fall in love with Jesus and cast the devil out of them, and that homosexual spirit will leave them, and they can go on into a natural marriage that was instituted by God between a man and a woman because the only reason we were to marry was to procreate because he said, man, woman, go procreate, replenish the earth. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't need to be married. You know, so this whole idea of, well, we got to get them as close to the New Testament marriage framework that we can, uh, you know, it's just crazy. And then this is the part that really give me some, uh, I don't know, some pause about him. He says, I believe in gay people. Well, okay, that's okay. I'm not hating on them. I, you know, I know some gay people and I don't mistreat them. I don't condone what they do. I'm not supporting their lifestyle, but I'm not, I don't mistreat them. I'm not mean to them. Absolutely not. Okay? Not a problem with that. But then he says, some people are gay. Well, yeah, okay. Duh. But then he says, they can't change. So, Andy, you're telling me that Jesus died on the cross for sin, sickness, and disease. He was buried, he was dead, buried, and rose again and come out with the keys. And you're telling me that these people can't change. You're telling me that homosexuality, God can't change that. You're telling me that that demon spirit on the inside of them is too strong to be cast out from a Bible-believing preacher or person of the gospel. You're full of it. You, you're full of it. They can change. The problem is they don't want to change. And when you create an atmosphere in a sanctuary for them to feel comfortable in their sin, you've accepted them and rejected Christ. You may not like that, but you've accepted them and you've rejected Christ. And Ichabod should be wrote on the doors of your church because he, Christ is left. The Holy Spirit's not there. Then it goes on. And he says, I know I shouldn't let my experience dictate my theology, but I have, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm a little, I had a little pause on this one, Josh. He said, I know that I shouldn't let my experience dictate my theology. What experience is he talking about? <laughs> That's yet to be determined. I, I, I mean, I mean, yeah. 
just me personally, I mean, if you look at him, he he he's not a manly man. I mean, he you know he's maybe weighs a hundred pounds. I mean, most ten year old girls could probably whip him, but I mean he he don't look he don't, he's not a manly man. He, you know he he's not somebody I want to go into a, a death match with. You know to have my back. Yeah. Uh, but for him to make that remark that I know I shouldn't let my experience dictate my theology. Maybe I have. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it ain't no maybe. You wrong, dog. You completely wrong. You know, these things I, I just I can't I can't wrap it around my mind how anybody thinks that they have the audacity, the authority to change the word of God to accept sin and reject Christ. And I know they don't say that, but that's exactly what they're doing. That's the same. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, here's the deal. If you were going to that church, let's say that you you go to North Point. Let's let's just talk to North Point people. If anybody at North Point Church ever would happen to see my podcast or Andy Stanley, according to the Bible, he puts all these people together: idolaters, fornicators, murderers, drunkards, all these people. So. Andy Stanley thinks it's okay for two men to come and go to church there in their lifestyle. See, here's the thing. From listening to his conference, on their church doctrine, they're still saying, hey, marriage is between one man and one woman, and we can't change the word of God. But what he's saying is people struggle and never can get out of that. So he allows these gay men or these lesbian women to live, continue to live in that lifestyle while they're seeking God. He He's portraying it to be loving. You say, oh, we've got to be the love of Christ. Well, first of all, Andy, you need to go back and study the love of Christ because true love brings correction. True love brings chastening. I mean, that's Bible. I mean, the Bible says that he loves or he chastens those that he loves. I mean, my parents didn't beat me because they didn't have nothing else to do. They would correct me when I'd done wrong because they loved me so that when I grew up, I would be, you know, uh, an addition, uh, 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 an addition to society and not a, a, a burden, you know. So he's saying that these people should be able to live that lifestyle uh, and hopefully they can work their way through that. But he lets them stay married. He did tell one story. And I think this is actually on YouTube. You can find it. Um, that there was a man and a woman and his daughter went to church there, were happy there. Then they found out that the man was having an affair with a man. Okay, so that's wrong. So he counsels them, which that's really scary. But the woman and the daughter, you know, they're coming to church. They're doing their thing. So the man and his partner want to come to church there, but they can't, so they go to one of the other locations. And he let them sign up for to work. You know, they wanted to serve on some team, you know, um, as a couple. But then they found, Andy Stanley and them found out that the partner of the gay guy was still married to a woman. So he acted like it was some major thing that he made them, well, you can't serve on the team. Well, duh. 
I mean, if you're going to actively live in sin, you, you can't serve on anything in this church. You know, I know here at GMC, I mean, if a homosexual wants to come here, that's fine. But I'm not putting you in a leadership position if you're going to continue to live in a sinful lifestyle. You know, and I think those are things that we, we man, we've got to be careful with this stuff because how many people are being led astray? You know, I mean, he, he made that remark, you know, uh, well, you know, we, we, we got the, I know those clobber verses. Well, sometimes people need to be knocked upside the head, spiritually speaking, and I think sometimes physically, to wake them up. I don't want people to go to hell, and I don't want to stand before Jesus and him say, why did you not tell my people? Why did you not tell this one? Why did you not preach the truth of that one? Because I'm going to be held accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth. You know, and I mean, the clobber verses, I mean, should Jesus, you know, should should he, what should he have done with the woman at the well? I mean, should he have just, I mean, she was a hoe. I mean, that's just all she was. She slept with a bunch of people, and then Jesus said, look, the man you're with now ain't your husband. But did he tell her, oh, well, look, you know, you, you, uh, I know you're working through some things, and I know you've had a hard life, but if you'll just drink from me, you'll never thirst again, and eventually you won't keep uh, sleeping around with other men. You, you won't keep doing that. Eventually you can, you'll be set free. No, he said, go that way, sin no more. Jesus never left anybody to continue in their sin. I don't care if it was the woman at the well, if it was a, the like the man uh, that they lifted, let down into the uh, rooftop and laid him before Jesus. And he, he told him, he said, man, thy sins be forgiven. Take up thy bed and walk. He always forgave their sins and they didn't go back into it lest a worse thing come upon them. So, you know, I, I can't wrap my head around why Andy Stanley, other than that maybe he struggles with it himself, won't come out and be honest about what God's word says about homosexuality. And, uh, you know, because that's the thing. If, if, if it's okay for two homosexuals to sit in church and hold hands and, and it, you know, be openly gay, in the church, if we're supposed to accept that, then we should be able to accept that a, a guy just committed murder last night and just went home and cleaned up and got the blood off of him that he put on his, his nice clothes and come to church. Because he's a Christian, God loves him, he just hadn't had time to change him yet. And I mean, you know, I know some people ain't going to like this because, oh, you can't put them together, but I'm sorry they are. Uh, what's the difference in, you know, uh, a swinger? Oh, we got... The largest swingers club in the southeast, the, 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 the president and his wife go to our church. And, you know, how many people is going to like that? No, we ain't going to have that, which that goes on a lot in churches. But anyway, that's a subject for another podcast. Um, you know, what about pedophiles? You know, what, what, what about pedophiles that have registered sex offenders? Oh, yeah, it's okay. God, he's, he's in the process of changing them. They're not changed yet, but, hey, we're just going to just let them go and work the children's departments because we got to love them. We got to give them a chance. I admire them. I respect them for coming to church. But, yeah, they need church. 
but I'm not going to let them go over to the children's departments, you know, and I'm not going to let them continue to work in that. If I find out they're working in it, they're gone, and I'll call the law myself. But you see, it's the same mindset. I mean, you know, hey, we got the the, the biggest meth dealer in, in our county goes to our church. Praise God. I mean, that's how ludicrous this is. I mean, it's, it's, it's how asinine this sounds, how idiotic. I mean, yeah, we want to get, I don't care who comes, but we're going to preach the word of God. And if you listen, it will change your life and you won't sin no more. And even if you do stumble, you can repent and God will forgive you. But the way he's pushing this, you should be able to live in it. And even though it's a struggle, God understands your struggle and you keep living in it and he's going to forgive you. You know, I I cannot wrap my my head around that. That goes back to you know him probably following up underneath a grace message like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe he's he's probably in that greasy grace, hyper grace, uh, once saved, always saved junk that people put out there. Um, and I believe, me personally, I don't believe when you listen to Andy Stanley teach. I don't believe he even falls under the category of a New Testament pastor or preacher. Uh, he's a motivational speaker that ties Scripture into it, but that's all he is. I mean, there, there's no passion behind his preaching. I mean, it's it's dry. I mean, that, it's about like watching paint dry on a wall. But he's got a nice little TV up there, and he's got some cute little points, and he'll make a little funny joke here and there, but he's not preaching against sin. There's no passion behind it. There's no drive to make me want to change my life. And, you know, and that's what we're missing, I believe, most of all in the American church as a whole, is preachers that preach passion, preachers that preach, you know, thus saith the Lord, and preachers that preach with conviction, you know, because that's what causes people to change. That's what causes people to want to do right, live right, and be right. But if you all limp-wristed, spineless, and, you know, couldn't pick up a case of water without breaking your back, that you're not making nobody want to change, you know. And I, I think the other thing that I think we're doing here by, by condoning this kind of sin, you know, is we're, we're, he's pretty much stating that you can keep living in that sin and eventually get changed, but if you don't, God understands. But you know, according to Hebrews ten twenty six, that don't work because Jesus cannot be crucified again. Once he's been crucified, there's no other sacrifice can be made for your sin. And if you constantly living in it, openly living in it, saying that Jesus loves you just like you are, and he's going to keep you the way you are, you're living under false pretense and false gospel because <laughs> Jesus can't be crucified again. You know, and then when you look Second Timothy chapter four, uh, I think it's verses one through five, he says, I charge you therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. I know people don't like that word, don't judge me. Well, you're gonna have it whether you like it or not. But then he goes on verse two. He says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince rebuke, exhort with long-suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, 
but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables, false doctrine. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill the ministry. People can attack me. They can say mean things to me. It, as long as I'm preaching the word of God, what people think don't matter. You know, I said this the other, other Sunday. I said one of the things that I found out that, that was left out of the Bible is your opinion. Your opinion does not matter. God's word is all that matters. And when you live your life according to that word, your life changes. You cannot stay in sin and still say that you love God. Because if you love God the way he loves you, if you truly, truly understand the sacrifice that he made because he loved us, you wouldn't want to stay in the sin you're in. You, If you understood loving him back meant, I don't do these things, that's what you do. There was things I did, and I'm not saying that they were even bad things, but before my wife and I got married, or before we started dating, we were just kind of talking, I would talk to some other girls. You know, I would take her out one night, maybe take another. We weren't serious. But then when our commitment to each other became serious, I didn't talk to other girls then. You know, but, you know, I would maybe go hang out with the guys a lot more and see her some, but then we got engaged. I didn't hang out with the guys as much. I didn't do certain things because they were certain things I knew she didn't like. And my desire was to please my wife, to be. And then when we, she became my wife, my desire was not to please my friends and not to make the world happy. My desire began to please her. So things I used to do, I didn't do. We're not even going into were they good things or bad things. It was just things that she didn't like. And my desire was to please her. Now, flip that perspective. If my desire is to please Jesus because I truly love him, then there's things that I'm not going to do that I used to do before he was my Lord and Savior because I know when I do them, it hurts his heart. And the last thing I want to do is hurt the heart of God. You see, that's how Andy Stanley should be pushing this. But he's worried. He's got 38,000 members, and he's probably getting a nice paycheck, and he's worried about losing people and being able to pay for this stuff. But the problem with this is you may lose some money now, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you stay on the road your own with this kind of teaching, you're not going to like the judgments when you, when you stand before God. You're not going to like it. It's not going to work out for you like you think it may. Uh, because you've got this sissified uh, style of preaching and grace that you're trying to portray to everybody. You know, and I know there's some people where you kind of being hard. Well, people need to hear this and wake up. You know, if you're a homosexual, I don't hate you at all. If you're struggling with trying to figure out what gender you are, that's a demonic force. A demonic spirit is trying to attack your mind. And the Bible says plainly, resist the devil and he will flee. you got to resist those temptations. But that goes the same with, with fornication, with people addicted to porn, with people struggling with alcohol or any. You have to resist. 
It's not just an automatic all the time. You have to resist. Your flesh wants to war against the spirit. It it wants what the flesh wants, but now that we're a new creation, we have to want we want what the spirit wants, what God wants. Sometimes we, you know, Paul said it, and I've said this before, that my least favorite scripture in the Bible, I absolutely don't like it, is that Paul said I had to crucify my flesh daily. You know, I mean, I, that's one. God, can't you crucify my flesh for me so I can be the, the Christian you've called me to be? No, I have to learn to take my flesh under subjection so that my spirit man can grow and rise. Because if you don't take uh, control of your spirit, if you don't control, I mean, your flesh, if you don't control that, the lust of the flesh will smother out and choke out the growth of your spirit to where you don't hear the spirit man, you're controlled by your fleshly and lust desires. And when you look in our society, what is everybody controlled by? You know, I mean, you got to look a certain way. I mean, most people, I mean, women's clothes, they, they don't even make much anymore. You know, I, I think I think mine and your wife, Josh, was talking the other day about uh, sweatshirts and sweaters that they had looked at on places, and all of them are crop tops. You can't wear a crop top to church, you know? I mean, it, this is not appropriate clothing, but society's portraying it. that Oh, if you want to look in style, you got to show half your body off. You know, it, and that's, that's because the world is fleshly, you know, and it, but it's temporal. These things are going away, and we're going to stand before Jesus. And when I stand before Jesus, every one of you that's watched this or, or, or subscribed to our podcast, go to our church, you're going to know the truth. I, I can't tell you that every time I preach the truth, you're going to like what you hear. But I promise you, you're going to hear it straight. You go, I'm going to be to the point, and I'm going to be blunt at times because we don't have time to sugarcoat. I may hurt your feelings. You may get mad at me. You know, I may step on your toes. But when you make it into heaven because you took the correction I give you, you see, I'd rather you have you mad at me here on earth but hugging my neck in glory than for me to be sweet and gentle to you here and you miss it and spend eternity in hell. And that's how serious these matters are. This is not something, well, it's just a little wrong teaching, but we're going to let people slide by. God don't let people slide. There's no sliding with him. He's a just God. He's a merciful God, but he's just, and he's God all by himself. He's the righteous judge. So, you know, Andy, I don't know what to tell you other than you need to seek God's face. I pray today that God opens your spiritual eyes that you can see the error in what you're teaching and any preachers and people that agree with you that God would open your eyes that you need to preach that sin is sin. Yes, we love the, the person, but we hate the sin just like God does. We can't change what God's word says to fit some generation. This book, the Bible, the word of God, is for every generation from the beginning of time all the way into eternity. God's word will never change. And God is the God and ruler, the judge. He is the moral lawgiver. He's the one that created these laws, not man. So don't interpret God's laws to fit man's sin interpret God's laws the way they are to free man from sin. So 
I'm going to get off my soapbox. Uh, again, just wanted to bring this to you guys' attention because there's people struggling with decisions in life. There's people struggling with other things besides homosexuality. You know, there, there's people struggling with alcohol. Uh, you know, that's a big can. I've had people, I don't have many times. Well, you don't have to, you don't, uh, they don't say in the Bible you'll go to hell for drinking. Well, no, it don't. But why? Why? You tell me if you fall truly in love with God, head over heels in love with God, I can promise you the last thing you're going to want to put on your lips is alcohol. I can promise you because I know. I can't stand the stuff, and I used to drink it like crazy. Used to love. I can't stand the stuff. Why? Because I got in a relationship with God Almighty. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and he changed my life. Do I still make mistakes? Absolutely. But he's faithful to forgive me, and I don't continue in that mistake. You see, that's the other thing. To repent means to turn. Not keep going in that direction, to turn and go the other way, to shun the very appearance of evil. But we all have struggles. Some of you here to, tonight, you may be struggling with something, and you you know what he's talking about homosexuality, and I, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that. God overcame. When Jesus died on the cross, every struggle, every sin, every temptation, Jesus overcame so that we could. He give us the power and the authority to overcome the temptations of the enemy so that we can spend an eternity in glory with the one who died for us. Well, guys, this is all the time I've got tonight. I hope you've enjoyed this. Remember to hit the like button. Got to do that. Whether you like you can hit the unlike. I'm, I don't care if you didn't like it. Hit the don't like button. Just let us know you was watching. Um, and then share this. Share this on your social media. Text it to somebody. If you're on the podcast, you know, uh, you can download those or like the podcast as well um, on Spotify and those other platforms. But share those as well. Text them to some friends and people that may be struggling with some of this to give them some light, but to know that Jesus loves them and he wants to change their life so that they can spend eternity in glory. Well, guys. That's all the time we've got, but we will see you again next Wednesday night. God bless you, and I'm out.